Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jay here for Paddock. This is the Paddock Podcast. Joining me are two absolute giants of the Manchester United fan base. We've got Mr. Joe Smith. Oh, you all right? Why are you laughing? Yeah. You are. It's just funny, isn't it? It's a good it's thing just, to be called. Well, it's I nice. completely stand by my uh, description of you. You good? good? Yeah, I'm very well, are you? You're basking in the glory of an epic 1-0 win over Luton. I am a bit. Yeah. We'll get into the why we'll I'm sort of the, uh, yeah. maybe overexcited, but I am. And I, I'm, I'm loving it. Hey, we, we like being cheerful. It's what we're about. We Talking of being I cheerful, you're basking in it a little bit. Hey, what Talking you, what of you happiness saying? and cheer. <laughs> hey, is no, Mr. Ronaldo Brown, my partner in crime. How are we? I've never committed a crime before. Don't listen to him. I thought we are. <laughs> but no, I'm doing all right, you know. Um, I didn't actually quite realise the run that we, we actually have been on with mm. the amount of wins that we've actually accumulated. Obviously, the performances... We've not been up with, so I think we got lost in that. But mm. in terms of on a results basis, yeah, yeah, we well, can't put, complain what, too much. What, what we're going to get into it. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, get, yeah. I want to put some caveats here before yeah. everyone starts trolling yeah. us because we're aware of the performances. We're aware of who the positive w- wins have been against. No, yeah, we we are. I'm not having that. We are going to have some rational perspective here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but mixed in with that might be a little bit of optimism. Let's also, be optimistic. Do you know what with me? It's not even optimism. It's defiance. Yes. Yeah? I'm not having it. I'm not having some of the criticism that's thrown our way from Muppets who've got nothing to do with Manchester United Football Club. I'm not having that. So we're going to get into all that. that. Most importantly, just anyone <laughs> who works for TalkSport for starters, anyone who works for Sky, including Gary Neville, and anyone else who supports another club, yeah. and Dermot Gallagher, you can throw him in there as well. Uh, get involved in the comments in the chat that what I hear from you lot. Joseph, yes. What are people saying on media? What's the immediate impact of people jumping on the comments? Um, people are asking for some toxic positivity, which is what we want. I love that. Um, which I love that phrase. I remember when I was sort of trying to defend Solskjaer and not just me, everyone, but I remember seeing it directed at me. People <laughs> calling me saying it was toxic positivity. Didn't you like, form? Didn't when, you form a band in? Secondary school called Toxic Positive. I did, yeah, yeah. But you it was and your mate, a duo, like like the modern day. Oh, I forgot you was in a band. Yeah, I was yeah. in a band actually, but we weren't called Toxic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people, that was that was saying hello to Ronaldo. <laughs> um, yeah, people saying don't get giddy, do not get giddy. Well, we can get as giddy as we want, and I do want to be positive because we've there's been plenty of time this season. We, what? Do you, are you talking about? 
when you say we, you can get giddy, you're referring to me. No, well, I'm oh. saying we as United fans. Oh. Joe, oh, okay. can, Joe, oh, Joe oh, can say we about me and him. Yeah, okay. yeah, I don't really. mind. I just French. mean United fans in general. <laughs> but also, with, there's been so much opportunity to be negative this season, and not just yeah, opportunity, but necessity to it's, be negative. It's, it's become a little bit grating. Yeah. Like, so let's was... have a go at being positive where we can, and I try and pitch in a little bit of positivity where possible. But for once, there's actually a little bit of reason to be. Yeah. Now, Ten Hag has done a, a sort of it's a it's a very deft technique here because I want to be positive, and yes, we were in the we're on the best. Um, current form of anyone in the Premier League last five games and that is a real quiz more points than anyone however what he's done is he's done this sneaky little trick of inserting a loss in the Europa uh, in the uh, Carabao yeah. and the loss in the Champions League into this he's, run he's so spread you, them out yeah so it feels shit yeah. but actually if you take a step back and just look at it competition yeah. by competition one specific competition has actually been quite if, good recently if United's matches were a pizza base yeah he's sprinkled his cheese of losses Evenly, yeah. There's not one big mound of lost losses no, of cheese in the middle, like over here, and it's barren everywhere else. Yeah, it's even. Yeah. I quite like that. It's clever. Like yeah. you said. And and in terms of toppings, yeah, go on. It, it is just a margarita because the toppings would be the likes of Rashford scoring a goal, <laughs> oh, scoring a goal, Hoyland scoring a goal. We don't have any of yeah. that, so it is unfortunately just a margarita piece. But you know what? Margarita pizza is probably the pizza. most popular in the world. Probably the most popular in the world of all the pizzas. Do you reckon? Yeah. I would say so. Is that yeah. correct? The answer is always the most obvious one, isn't it? I thought it would be pepperoni. No, pepperoni or, or eat got, pork. Oh, yeah, okay. So you just discounted there's, like there's, two thirds of the world. I was there. Gonna say, yeah, you've got or a few billion. Quarter of the world. Don't cancel. Eating that. Yeah, don't cancel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ronnie gets cancelled for saying pepperoni is the most popular pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Career ending. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, it was so all going so well. So if, we do, <laughs> if we do have a look at some of the stats, then so best form in the league in the last five games: four wins, one loss. Obviously. I don't mm. need to say it because it's better than everyone but better than saying it. Yeah. Above us in the league, obviously Liverpool, three wins, two draws in that time, so they've dropped one more point mm. than us. City, three wins, one draw, one loss. Spurs, three wins, two losses. Um, so from one point above Chelsea uh, to five. five, so mm. we've pulled away from Chelsea. That's good well. considering Ooh. they've rallied a little bit. Yeah, and it seems as though we've they've had a really good run and we haven't and yet we've I pulled think away from I them. think actually Chelsea have done the complete opposite to what United have done they've like had a lot of shit performances and losses against teams they shouldn't lose against yeah. but then they've had these like slap bang statement, statement four victory. goals against Manchester performances. City like come on let's not three. normalise yeah, that yeah, but we got three against them at the Etihad it, last year if you ignore the six they got against us it's a great result it's made Chelsea seem like they're in better form than they have just because they've done performances yeah. people didn't expect because of their form outside of playing City and do Tottenham not, do you not feel but, as well right Ronnie or, or yeah. both either of you like a lot of it is just that little bit of luck as well that comes into it like, Chelsea obviously got that result against Spurs and they deserved to win, but those red cards led to that win. And mm. it, uh, it and, did. And it can and you could go, well, a red card is a red card, that's not luck. But on other days, you're not getting that nah, well, You're not I, getting those decisions. I will or say you're though, not getting players doing that. Now, I think Tottenham started that game extremely well. The first 10 yeah. minutes they were flying. But I actually think Chelsea were growing into the game even before the red cards happened. Right, okay. If I'm honest. No, no, like I'll you Thinking back, I yeah. think you make a good point. But now. obviously, the reds obviously made it worse. I mean, kind of swayed it much more towards Chelsea, but they were. I think Chelsea were growing into the game. Obviously, Chelsea are more built towards playing these bigger sides. That's been obvious now. Yeah. But I think, on the flip side of us, they've had these two performances against City and Tottenham, who were the informed teams, teams that they expected to lose against, and they've been involved in these exceptional spectacles and almost cinematic games. 
And that's kind of made people think that Chelsea are in better form than they actually are. And outside of it, they've been underwhelming against other teams. I think they lost to Brentford. They lost to Brentford 2-0. Yeah. And so, at the, whereas we've been piling up a few results in terms of wins, but the performance hasn't been there. So that means it's been viewed as a diff- is in a different way. Plus, United always get scrutinised in the media a lot differently yeah. and much more than Chelsea do. We all know that anyway. I think more than most clubs, to be honest with you. Do you know what it is so, with Chelsea as well, though? They have got players, like, and I hate the term on his day. On their day, it seems like we speak about that all the time. We talk about United players. On his day, he's one of the best in the world. Do you know what? I say th- that about everyone. I th- Chelsea do have a lot of players I, like that. Do you know what? I think if you have, ever have to say on his day about yeah. a player, they can't be world class. Well, we've we've been saying that about players since Fergie retired at United. Sorry, if, we have. If you've got to say, if you've got to say a player on his day, yeah. that player is automatically not world class. Okay, because. I think the definition of world class has changed though, hasn't it? Because there's so many players, like you look back 20 years ago, there were so few players that were basically top level every week or most weeks, every season, yeah. three, four, five, six years in a row, 10 years in a row sometimes. No. That didn't exist almost. No, and then now... I th- no, but I think, I think the major component of being world class is consistency. Yeah, but I, I think, I, that's, I think, that's, con- I think, I think that's what kind of... I think people would have world class peaks that were shorter um, someone like Kaka, no one would say he wasn't a world class player. But you're on about periods of time. I'm more about just week to week. No, I know, week I know you are, but I'm saying yeah. that, like the, the the concept of world class, I think, has gone from being you have to be world, you know, world class for a season or two in a row that would be considered world class. Yeah. Now you have to be that good for three, four, five, six seasons. I think someone like De Bruyne or Salah or players like that, clearly world class. They do it every single year. But I think if you look back, like I said before, someone like um, Kaka or Nedved or um, certain players around that era, they wouldn't have been at their very best for as long, and they would can still still be considered well. Because I think I don't know if it's nutrition or training methods or whatever. Yeah. Or people can like Messi and Ronaldo being at the level they have been, and Harry Kane even yeah. was it like seven years in a row he's got he's had, he's got twenty goals plus or ten years in a row something insane. And now like, he's gone to Bayern and he's already on like this. He's on I, almost I, like I, he's I, on I, a Ballon d'Or trajectory yeah. already. I think, I think some players yeah, think who would have been considered world class aren't anymore because they don't have it for as long. That's the problem a lot of the time with world classes. It's subjective. Even yeah. the very term yeah. itself, you yeah. could yeah, think yeah. I, you could go. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Casado's world class. Look at what he did, Brian. You go, is he? Yeah. Like, is he doing like you say consistently? Has he done it since he got to Chelsea consistently? We said, no, but look at some of the performances put in. Whereas you might go, like you're saying, the benchmark might be, pains me to say it, but someone like a De Bruyne or a, a, a Salah, who for seven, eight seasons or whatever it is, or just you know, relentless, case, relentless just production, do you know what I mean? one of the best players would, in the yeah. world every every year. Yeah, I would say Bruno was world class or has been world class. He had three years in a row where he was getting 30, 20 plus goals. Mm. For a midfielder, I think that is a world class spell. And therefore, looking on his career and his him as a player, I think he is world class. But he's certainly had spells or seasons even where you go on, he becomes an on his day player. Because I still think he's world class. Um, subjective, the subjectivity is right, especially yeah. because with world class, like sometimes you have players that might have world class talent, but their actual performances and consistency isn't world class. Because what they always say is for you to actually be seen as world class is you make the decisions. You make the right decisions in the game more often than other players, and yeah. also you actually have that level of consistency game in, game out. From like from the likes of Salah, and Salah is just like an absolute output machine. Yeah, doesn't tail off. De Bruyne, players like that, players that I'd like you know what you're gonna get almost week and week out. And if they ever drop below, people start to say obviously Saka. Mm. 
is now probably a world-class right winger. He's done it for a sustained period of time. He very rarely actually drops his performance. Whereas when players almost have these purple patches or they're one game they're great, the next game they're shy, and it's like a little bit of a roller coaster. And then you've also got to use terms as on their day. Mm. I think if you've got to use the term on their day for a player, I'm always a bit concerned by it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Where did yeah. you put Casemiro in that in that bracket? Um, Out of curiosity, Casemiro was def- when we got him. Everyone, was, everyone was saying Casemiro, he's world class. He was, he was world class. He's been world yeah, class. Would for you years. still say he is now? And but I think right now he's probably dropped a level below that because he's on the decline. But yeah. he had obviously had a long period of time when we first signed him of probably being borderline our best player and was still performing at a world class level. But in recent times he has dropped below that, and that does happen. Obviously, being especially now in the position that he plays in as a mm. central defensive midfielder. I think that's quickly becoming one of the most important positions in football and also probably one of the most demanding. I think your weaknesses get exploited a little bit more, especially because I think he actually shoulders. This is the kind of the unfairness on someone like Casemiro. Casemiro was world-class in a world-class team for Real Madrid where he had less responsibility and burden mm. when he was probably a little bit fitter, a little bit stronger and probably a little bit of a better player and more on his peak. And now he's come to United where he's kind of shine like on a decline from his peak, but he's got more responsibility mm. and more burden. So yeah. well, it's almost like you know I throw another yeah. name in to, to you as well, and Go it's on. difficult because he's not really played this season. Where do you think Luke Shaw fits into this category? Because uh, he's a player that almost feels a little bit of both. Like on yeah. his day, he's probably as good as any left back on the planet. Yeah, but I think he's he just that consistency. I, no, I think he's. I think you would say he's below world class. Yeah, I think that's is that too many off years? I think that's a fair a comment. I was just curious player. because there is a, there's a player there who, if yeah. you watch him, you think there's he's certain seen, games where you go. For me, he's, he's, he's had three fantastic seasons. He had last season. Yeah, was brilliant. Okay, the one before the one before that. Yeah. So Solskjaer's last season. Yeah. Uh, he was amazing. And, and his uh, injury season. And his injury season. Yeah, and I agree with his injury. And I think his injury season, just before he got injured, that, yeah. that, those few months, he was ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I think anywhere, any, anywhere other than that, is he? He's been anywhere from not bad to what's is he leaving the club? And no. I, I, I think I don't. I think there was a yeah. time when Ashley Young and Brandon Williams have been preferred to him. Yeah, like not because of first season, yeah, not because of yeah. injury. I'm talking about he's available, and the manager's decided to go another way. I don't think there's that many. Fo- I don't think there's that many world class fullbacks right now in it. Anyway, to be honest with you. Just to change subject, well, not change subject. I just want to go away from United honest. slightly. Go on. And we talk about this sometimes. I want to come back to United. Obviously, we're going to talk about Ten Hag. And, yeah. Hit uh, that like button as well, please, people. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot yeah. to say that. But a player that I think might be the most underspoken about player in ratio to how many trophies and games they've won at the top, top level. Like, no one talks about this. Player. I know where you're going with this. Because you, 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 you told me, and you were right. Because when you said it, I went... Oh yeah, he's won everything multiple times. Put it to him, Danny Carvajal. Oh, like he plays every single week for Real Madrid, wins La Ligas, wins multiple Champions Leagues, just plays all the time. 
not like, and you never hear anything about him. No one mentions him. You don't see interviews with him. He's not like lauded. No one even knows really what his play style is. Like, <laughs> He's kind of gone on the radar because he's literally one of the most successful players in the history of football. Yeah, I, let's like, go through what he is. Danny, Gar Danny Carvajal might be almost like if you want to equate it to any person, he's like the the Real Madrid Gary Neville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's won everything. He's won, he's won, he's won three La Ligas, yeah. two Copa del Reyes, uh, three Spanish Super Cups, Cups five Champions Leagues. <laughs> Four European Super Cups, five European, uh, five FIFA Club World Cups. Like, <laughs> he's won the Nations League as well, which isn't particularly much, but he's, he's won it. At domestic level, he could not have won more. And no one talks about it. That's the thing. It's not <laughs> what he's no, won. It's I, the fact that no one brings him in. You know, we have these arguments or conversations have you ever about had a conversation the best fullback. Or nah, nah, fullback nah, nah. that deserves respect or put respect on his name. Or is this, that, no, but he's never in that convo. I never hear he was, anyway. he was more mentioned for being a bit of a loose cannon in our class codes a little bit. You know, a little bit yeah, of, a, yeah, of, a, yeah. of a needly man. But you can't play that long, that consistently in a starting eleven no. at right back for Real Madrid if you aren't a great player. Especially because it's a team obviously has a lot of demand in terms of winning stuff but also they've got the amount they've got basically unlimited amount of money to go and replace you yeah yeah so it's like if Carvalho's managed to keep his place at right back for that long for real madrid then how what? old is he 31. yeah i would genuinely you thought he was say, older than it i remember no i yeah. thought it was about that yeah. I, I would honestly say or, or, f in terms of trophies one to set like words spoken about this human yeah, being i ratio, agree on this no one <laughs> i think that's a really good got point. a higher ratio because than it's that. not even the fact that people don't rate whatever it's people no. don't chat Have about you ever him. had a conversation about I, like I'm on, I spend a lot of time on twitter and you see arguments about every player on the planet right constantly and yet very rarely someone throws his do you know, name do you know what it is? in any way shape or form there's a term for this is it just a aesthetic bias maybe what but, is what like aesthetics uh, like how he looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. look because like. I think there's a lot of that in football now, especially the way that people visualize the game. Is it's almost like it's about play styles and how someone looks when they're playing football rather mm. than their actual productivity and what they actually offer to a team. And I think some players actually suffer from that a little bit. I think Carvajal suffers from a bit of a fake bias. Mm. I think Thingy suffers from that now as well, actually, for Chelsea, Conor Gallagher. Mm. I think Conor Gallagher will never ever get the kind of the ratings and the applaudits that he should get because he's not that aesthetic of a player in terms of the way he plays and looks. Mm. But if you in terms, look, of, if you in terms like, of his actual- Like Fernandez or whatever. Yeah. Like you look at him, you can look at him and go, wow. Where's you, where, Whereas you've got players for the opposite, where yeah. you've got players that look very pretty, I mean, the way they play Fernandez, football, the but they're actually not producing Saint that Maximum. much. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, he or looks, if you watch, people say about Jao Felix. You watch, actually, yeah, you watch Saint Maximum play. You watch Jao Felix play. You think he's one of the he's the best player in the world. Yeah. I've seen Saint Maximum have like twenty minute spells in games where you go, you're another species to yeah, like knocking yeah, yeah. it, skilling round. And then you look, three goals, three assists in forty one games this season. You're like, <laughs> how how is this possible? Like, and then yeah, then you got people who are the opposite. Like, and Gary Neville's a great example. You watch him play. And he's not particularly exciting or... Do you know what Gary Neville is? Macaroni 700 says games from spot on, right? The trouble with Gary Neville is, he goes on the telly and Dow plays his career constantly. Yeah, he does. And he, he does it like... Someone like Jamie Carragher will do this sort of like... All this... Not passive aggressiveness, but like... Almost semi-reminding everyone that he was good. Yeah. Whereas... Neville does the opposite. Neville will go on and go, oh, I was just I was just lucky enough to be surrounded by great players. Like like what you just said there about Manny Carvalho. You don't get in that United team under Fergie mm. for 15 years, whatever it was, or 12 years, yeah. winning 
like almost more titles than anyone's ever won yeah. if you're not min because Fergie just get rid of you he's played he's, 600 times for United yeah and, and, he, and he acts like he, he had like five good games for us and during that time he was up against the, the Rivaldos the Figos of this world just the, the best players ever mm. and he was playing against them and winning Champions Leagues during that time as well so it's not like he was a duffer and I think he suffers from it he'll go on the telly and go oh we're not great and people who've never seen him play will go Gary Neville was just lucky because he had Beckham or Ronaldo or whoever in his team you weren't even that great, he says so himself. When that's nonsense, um, he was and is. Um, let's talk about yeah. Ten Hag then. Yes. Because this is a manager who has probably been under more pressure than pretty much anyone this season, I think, in the Premier League. Is, maybe is, maybe is other than like... Yeah, yeah, maybe you throw in the, yeah, yeah. The, the kid at Sheffield United is at Eckingbottom. Yeah. But other than like, certainly in the top half of the table, <clears> there's been more pressure on... Eric tonight than anyone for a multitude of reasons one obviously we've, we've lost a lot of games there's no point mm -hmm. pretending two you've got this takeover so people are going well yeah. so Jim's going to come in he fancies someone else da -da 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 -da. three I think United as a fan base are quite divided and quite quick to jump on managers I think we've seen it with every single manager we've had post Fergie like you, know, you have a sort of section of the fan base that back a manager and then you have another section of the fan base who are often almost waiting to pounce. Yeah. We had it with, with um, Moyes is a bit too sort of one-sided. Everyone had enough of Moyes, but yeah. you had it with Van Gaal, you had it with Jose, you had it with Ole, um, Ragnick, and you've got it now with, with Tanag, where after that honeymoon period of last season, where we won, obviously, a trophy and finished third, mm. once the wheels started coming off a bit this season, people started getting very vocal very quickly. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's the majority of fans by any stretch of imagination, but there's more than just a couple. There's like a good part of the fan base who are like, he's not the guy. So he's had to take all this, and yet, he seems to, for me, what thing, and I'm, it's rare that I sort of, I'm too bothered about what happens in press conferences, because I've done enough of them to know he's often meaningless. But I was impressed with him the other week where he came out in that press conference, he looked like he had a bit of fire in his belly. Mm -hmm. He was sort of explaining himself in a way that I could buy into, whether, you know, whether it comes true or not. Sticking to his guns, going for it and all the rest of it. Yeah. And then, I think in terms of performances, he's got some results in the league, and I felt in Copenhagen, and I'll die on this hill, we were robbed. It was that red card that did for us. And mm -hmm. I think that was not the manager's fault at all. It was no. a decision that should have gone the other way, in my opinion. So, I don't know, I feel like Tanag, he's shown a bit of fight, and yeah. that's what I want from him. And uh, he's shown it in both the football. It's not perfect, so I'm not gonna get carried away with a win over Luton, but we're seeing something, like the mm -hmm. players are responding. I, th I think that you need that. And you see when, when a manager's about to get sacked, more often than not, the manager knows they're about to get sacked. Yeah. And you, it, it, we've we've all seen it I, hundreds. Of I honestly, I honestly like, started to think that we, you know, just what you're actually describing, where you can almost see where yeah. a, a, a manager slightly, they get a little bit desperate, and you almost can tell that the yeah. But they, I, but I, I think, think we saw that. I think I think we st we saw the big, definitely saw the beginning of that. I, I don't know. I think just as it, just as it felt like it was getting to a point where. He's being asked questions that he sort of fundamentally can't answer, like why aren't we seeing tactics? Why aren't we seeing a style of play? These things where it's like, well, there's so many reasons I can't, like, I can't sit and explain it to you in a succinct way. But I do think like that one where he came out and said, "I'm I'm a fighter. My players are fighters. Like we're going to fight through this." I, I think that we've seen in the last week or two a, a pushback against that from him, yeah. and and a little bit of a reaction from the players where the performance against Copenhagen. Again, it's weird to say this about a loss, but in terms of how we set up, how we made chances, how we held the ball, 
until the red card, was comfortably the best so far this season. Yeah. Mm. Against a t difficult team away from home, we looked like we had an identity. Yeah. And just to see that, even, even if it was just a flicker in a game we ultimately lost, to me is a good sign of, you can't accuse Tenag of not knowing how to build up from the back or not, no, like some of the things that he's, it's become acceptable to accuse him of, which we never would have up until this point of, he doesn't have a style of play, he doesn't have any tactics, this and the Well, he obviously does. Because why? How has he got to the point where he has in his career without that? We saw it at Ajax. We saw it for good chunks last season as well, um, and I think some of that had to be sort of squashed by that. And even against Luton, I know we only won one nil, but again, Ten Hag can't make Hoyland get the ball in the back of the net, or Garnacho have a shot quicker when he's one on one with the keeper, or Rashford score when he's one on one with the keeper. All Ten Hag can do is help his players build through the pitch make space, make chances, score goals. He can't actually do it himself. Yeah. And the game against Luton, we should have won that comfortably. Even just from the chances we had, should have been 3-0, let alone the chances you then get when it's you've scored three goals. Sorry, like, it, 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 it's a snowball. I mean, uh, yeah. If you're three goals up, more, more chances come because the players are demoralised, etc., etc. All of those chances we made and missed were at 1-0 or 0-0. So they're harder to make because they've still got, right, if we, if we stay tough, we can win this game, Luton, or we can get a draw. So I think it's, it's the, this we is never the point get to see well, that. Because the perception is so different if one of those other chances goes in. If yeah. it's a 2-0 or 3-0, people go, OK, you're comfortable. Because it's 1-0, people go in. And we've seen it. You scrape a win against Luton and all the rest of it. And I'm not, like I say, look, that's, Luton, that's, Luton are, can be a difficult team that's to the beat. Thing, though, we like, saw him get a point against Liverpool. And like they can be, I know it was at, at home. They can be difficult. I expect us to beat Luton. But we did. Mm. That's yeah, the thing. It is true, but you can't, you can't say, oh, if we made those, if we score those chances if we score those chances the fact is we have players that aren't putting their chances away and they haven't scored them yeah. do you know what I mean so that's, that's what I'm saying and that's it's been not Ten Hag's fault that he, yeah, they yeah, are missing it's not, chances it's not, it's, it, it's not at all obviously it's, 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 oh, it's a collaborative thing sometimes it's more the players fault sometimes it's the manager's fault um, I think Steve told me something like about a year ago in some research he did about a book he read that literally the differences that actually managers actually make is very like minuscule I'm in terms of so yeah he said, it, he said it's a small percentage it's a very very small percentage yeah. of the influence that actually managers have on a football club the way they team if mm. they win points it is very like player um, generated I think you can argue some play some managers might have more of an influence than others yeah so I think you can always put the foot of the blame at the players because they're the ones out on the pitch actually playing football and not the manager but I think there's still certain things with like setups and substitutions and stuff that you can criticise but when you do our talk if you're going to talk about stuff like basically chances and whatever and people scoring and people missing then that does definitely go down to the player but I think it's just that people I think want to be like enthralled by a United performance and I think some of the performances even though we're winning they're just a little bit underwhelming and we, we, you can't be too upset about three points though because no. at all and accumulating wins but the, oh, go on, sorry. I think it's what it is, is that people are surprised about our recent run of form yeah. and how good it actually is compared to how we played because obviously it's been very doom and gloom, very negative, like yeah. you said. I think it got to a point where you feel like watching United and the whole kind of negativity around it was almost draining as a fan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, I've, I think it's one of those where you kind of think the performances do need to actually still improve and actually match the, the, the results because football always has a funny way of like, Swing them around about it's like it come, it'll revert back mm -hmm. to the mean. So we'll have these same performances and end up losing games 1 0, end up losing games 2 0, yeah. and then we back to square one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think there's a, there's a lot to, to talk about in terms yeah. of personnel. And the, and I and I personally can't. There's a there's a there's a maximum level United can play at with the players currently available to us yeah. in terms of midfield and defence. Obviously, our attack is at pretty much full strength. So the fact we aren't scoring goals is a massive issue. Um, but every team, if they had their entire back four out, would struggle. The fact that we still don't have Luke Shaw playing, we haven't, we're not going to have Martinez for another two months, and every game he's played this season has been either partially or totally injured for. So even the Martinez we saw wasn't the real Martinez. Harry Maguire's been arguably our best player for the last, what, month? And we, are, we already know his ceiling, which he's playing at roughly now, he's pretty good, but it's not Martinez last season levels on the ball in terms of the ability to play out, control games. So when Harry Maguire's your best player, everyone else is below that. There's a limit to how well you can play. And that's not a dig at Harry Maguire, but like... With Martinez and Varane last season, we saw levels above that. I think the, 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 this idea of playing world-class football, winning every week, with no back four that we've pretty much had for the last sort of, what, six weeks, is almost impossible. Like, you know, I think any, a lot if of any team loses their back four, especially a team that plays out from the back, you're going to struggle to win games. Look, and out, look at how important one player, one player so can be yeah. so important to, to a team. Like, look at your mate Saliba. Yeah. When, he, when Arsenal lost him, my mate, you know, I'm no you mate. love him. You're a big fan of his. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a mate with no Arsenal player. <laughs> don't ever say that. I say silly because I've heard you. I've heard you praising. I know he's not your mate. I respect his um, quality, but. but look at what happened when he when he went missing mm-hmm. or when he got injured. Sorry. Look at the scousers a couple of years ago with Virgil with, van, van Dijk. Yeah. Like the, look at every with Rodri this season. Rodri, he was out for three games. He lost all three. Like Martinez is our most important player under under Eric Ten He just is. And we haven't had him this season because when he did play, he wasn't fit. He doesn't get hooked at half-time against Wolves if he's fully fit. Mm. He just doesn't, right? He's not getting the Cunha tearing him a new one if he's fully fit, right? That just ain't happening. <laughs> so we've not had him at yeah. all this season, right? But Eric Tanag, I think he's got the right approach because when he went into the, the, the press conference I was talking about, where he stuck up for himself, and it was put to him about injuries and it was put to him about January transfer signings. And he said, I've got players here who I can rely on. Yeah. He didn't go, oh yeah, we need to buy more players, or oh yeah, I'm missing so many players, it's shocking. He said, now nah, the players I've got are good enough, yeah. which is what you want to hear from manager because you see at other clubs, Kieran Trippier the other, the other day, he starts rowing with one of his own fans, saying, he may as well have said, basically, all my teammates are crap, because he went, look at all the injuries we've got. Yeah. And, it's, and the, all the Newcastle fans go, oh yeah, he's right. And then all the you know the media go, yeah, fair play to Kieran Trippier. And I ain't got a problem with a, a player talking to fans if I'm being honest. I ain't got a problem mm. with that. But he's going, look at the injuries we've got, and people go, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Yeah, imagine that was United. People go, well, people, you're people, losing it. The, the wheels have come off. All oh, the players have lost their heads. It's like there's this narrative or this sort of media frenzy with United where we're judged differently mm. to a lot of other teams. So when Miners is out, no one really gives any credit for that. No one goes, oh, well, they've lost their most important defender. And if he's not, then Luke Shaw is. Mm. And we've lost both of them. No one really makes too much of a fuss about that. When the manager sticks up for his players or whatever, people sort of don't acknowledge that. It's more or less of he's deluded himself or kidding yeah. himself or whatever. I just feel that whilst performances do need to improve, I acknowledge that there is an element of ignorance when it comes to the media and it comes to certain pundits, when it comes to the problems that United have got 
underrated Ten Hag that aren't his fault. Yeah, and look at look at Tottenham at the weekend. Like, they've lost some crucial players, and you can almost compare them to some of United's injuries. Obviously, immediately Van der Ven, Martinez, direct comparison. Yeah, you 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 lose a lot there. Madison, he's only been out one game, but you can maybe compare that to Casemiro being injured in, or out of form as we've seen this season. Um, and then Richarlison, I don't even know who you're comparing him to. Martial or something, I don't know. Romero. Romero's a big one, but again, you know, he's you, suspended, you, so he'll, he'll be back doggy soon. the left-back. Um, is it yeah. a doggy? Yeah. yeah so the, he, that, so who, that's that like Luke Shaw being yeah. out, Romero's like Varane being out. You cursed that, by the way, you know. Um, you cursed Spurs. Good. With your team. No, everyone. Your fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, <laughs> all my all, 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 all Tottenham players in my team. And, and they all got even all red got cards or red carded. I literally had <laughs> <laughs> Madison Udogi and I think Son as well. Absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. But yeah. what I'm saying is, yeah. the whole media are so... Oh, Spurs injuries, yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry, Andrew. It must be so hot. Like, like, I don't even know, like... The Tottenham training ground has just collapsed or something. It's so, like to, to, Tottenham have been Tottenham have been the media darling. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's like because yeah, Angie's this yeah. big friendly bloke who no one saw come in and he's nice and he genuinely seems like nah, a good he bloke. Seems like that. decent geezer. Like, everyone likes him. He's a yeah. likable bloke. But then that means that Tottenham then get this. Oh, it's only and they've just absolutely bottled a one and lead. And if you look at the stats and if you watch the game, Wolves could easily have scored more goals than they did. I think they started well, Tottenham, but then they decided actually. You know they got they look scared for the first time this season. I thought Tottenham looked scared against Wolves, and it cost them in the end. And and yet when it's United with those similar sorts of injuries, and, and if we're honest, over throughout the season we've had much worse injuries for much longer than they have. This is basically all their players got injured in one game. So for eleven games they had everyone, and for one game they haven't. And it's like oh, it's no wonder they keep losing every week because it's so hard for them. And when it's United, you know, ten hours got to do more. You've you know, got to get more out of Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire, I'm afraid. It's like going back to last season, though. Like they, Postecoglou loses um, Kane before he gets there, basically, or as he gets there, right? Which I know, I get. Losing a player like Harry Kane is massive. Yeah. Yeah. When Tenag arrived, Ronaldo was halfway out the door. That's your top scorer from the season before with 18 Premier League goals. So regardless of whether you think Ronaldo's passed or not, that is the guy that was getting all the goals for us. He's more or less wants to leave as soon as tonight gets Didn't there. Refused to come in for training. Refused to come in training. It's a year ago today, I think, that he did that interview with Piers Morgan, which ended his United career. Yeah. And we were in a position where Tanag was given no funds to replace him. And we didn't have another striker who just slotted in. We had Marcus playing down the middle sometimes, Marshall's broken. So he brings in Volt Vegos on loan on it because mm. he's got no money. He was a guy that can't even get in Burnley's team. And he had to do that and he had to deal with it. And no one really gave him any props for that. Mm. It was like, it was almost ignored. Or it was even used as a sort of stick to beat him with the fact yeah. that he brought in Vegos. Yet we still managed to finish third but, um, and win a trophy. The counter to that would be, he didn't give him money to replace Ronaldo directly, but but did give him 80 million to spend on Anthony, who he brought from Ajax. Yeah, but wasn't... So but wasn't we didn't know uh, Ronaldo. And Ronaldo, was, Ronaldo was still the club on him when Anthony arrived. Yeah, because I'm sure because Ronaldo left after the window shot. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. also in January, you can't. I don't think it's fair to say your striker's gone. Your other striker's injured, but you spent money on a right winger or a left winger. No, a right winger. Sorry. So we're not going to help you get a strike. Like, if you look at United in January, like teams like Bournemouth and Leeds spent more than us in January. Even City spent more than us in January. And they were I flying. Th I think we that spent was, nothing in January. Yeah, we, we, the, the, reason, yeah, but Jay, the reason we didn't spend that much in January is because we spent like, was it nearly over 200 million last summer? So you couldn't, nah. You your top scorer, right? Like we do Ronaldo. And you've got another striker injured. We have as, spent. As, as Man United, right? I'm sorry, there's money there. There is. There's money there that they could have gone, right? 
Here's like Arsenal spent, what was it, 20 odd million on Trossard? We could have gone out and got a striker. We could have paid the 15 million, whatever it was, to get. But didn't United Felix. have a financial fair play? If, like, was it a, a fine that we got at that period of time? Or was it. United were tiptoeing around some FFP issues yeah, around that time as well. FFP, but again, part me? of that so comes back to being bad in the transfer market and overpaying. Yeah, it'd be bad in transfer market. I don't think it was. I think if United thought he could have bought, and and this is down to. And also, it's the way not, not Tanag's fault that he loses his top score. I don't, I don't blame Tanag for the Ronaldo situation. No. My point I was making before is he loses his top his top scorer. He loses Martial basically for the entire season for injury. He played like what was it a quarter of the games yeah. if that, like. And no one actually really gives him any credit for that. No. Be because he's stuck with that and he's got no money and he goes out and gets a striker. And I know, I'm not saying Vegas was great, mm. but he served a purpose for a long time. Certainly brought out the best in Marcus for a few months. Mm. So he made it work to the point where we finished third and won a trophy. How often do United do that? Yeah, like, we've got never. this thing as well, you know. Now, Tenag yeah. definitely, but Tenag did get praised though. Last I year. don't think he did like, last I don't year. think he did. for the, for the, uh, not, not in the media think, and everything I, else, bro. I think, for, for I think that's actually that worked Ronaldo. against him though. No. The way Ronaldo, like, and you see compared to Postacoglu as well with the Kane thing, I think it's not not really the same. I because, don't think he did. you know why? Because last season, even though you, um, we finished third and we won a trophy and we, we definitely saw, we saw progression, there was a lot of that, would you cut those peaks and troughs though? Because there were parts of the season mm -hmm. that were kind of like, we're getting battered by Brighton and and so and yeah, underwhelming Brentford. results, but I definitely thought Ten I got a decent amount of credit. But you can't really do the Tottenham comparison because there's not really, a com in all due respect to Tottenham, there's not really a comparison between United. But that's and Spurs. another issue that's that United thing. have. We yeah, have exactly. You know what I mean, no so one like else has the expectations United has, even though quality-wise, we don't really deserve. Them. Spurs have always it's been no a hipster club that yeah. play really exciting football and play really what like. Yeah. Almost like you, you you don't respect them to the extent of thinking they're ever going to win anything or going to mm. be challenging anything. But people usually enjoy watching them. They're mm. usually involved in really exciting they're games or whatever. Almost, almost like a harmless yeah. football yeah. club. Everyone, that, that if, fair, you're not, if you're not Arsenal, it, you don't give a fuck about. We've done it with Spurs. You know I mean? I've but, said it when Spurs were flying high for those first nine games, whatever it was. I, I said because we were already out of it. I'd love it if Spurs won the league because it'd feel like. I wouldn't care. Yeah. Whereas if City win it, if if Arsenal yeah. win it, if certainly Liverpool win it, I'll be good. Whereas with Spurs win it, it feel like Leicester winning it. Yeah. Where I'd, I'd, I'd be actually happy because it meant City or Scouts. I'm going to go back to what you're saying because the whole Ange Ten Hag comparison, being United manager, being Tottenham manager, mm. it's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. I know that we are complaining about that and we are highlighting that, yeah. but that is just the fact. I don't think, that Do you know I, mean? I don't think there's a comparable team to Man United. Well, I, I think the closest thing, so when, when United players lose, when United managers lose games or United lose games, the the phrase you hear a lot is stuff like yeah but this is Manchester United this is Ma you know mm. you can't do that at Manchester United these are the standards at Manchester United where if if a Tottenham manager finishes fifth one year no one goes this is Tottenham you have to no one cares even I, I even think Arsenal mm. those first few years under Arteta he got away and was helped by the fact that over the last 15 years before that no one was saying but this is Arsenal this is the great Arsenal anymore I think if if, if Pep started losing loads of games. Mm. He'd get a lot of credit in the bank, obviously, for what he's done. But I think at some point people would start saying, it doesn't matter about the injuries, this is Manchester City, they win anyway. Even Liverpool haven't got enough credit in the bank where, you know, Klopp can have massively off-seasons yeah, and no one it. ever really questions him. The pressure never really gets to him because of what he's done a to a certain extent. But also, people recognise that for 30 years, Liverpool haven't been held to these standards before. United are still uh, almost held to the standard of Sir Alex, yeah. or, or not quite, it's dropped a little bit. But, but now if you finish outside the top four, 
everyone is telling you Manchester United must sack their manager because this is Manchester United we're talking about. Right, but and I, yet we don't I'm back that up. Now, but I'm going to say it again. No, I'm going to say again. It's diff. It's just different set of standards. United is one of the biggest football clubs in the world. There's the standards there as a United manager that aren't the same as Tottenham. That's exactly so what I mean. Fa- That's so it's what a false. No, so that's what I'm saying. So it's a false equivalence anyway. So when and as fans as well as United fans, we expect more from United yeah. than Spurs fans are going to expect from Spurs. So when, like, if we're watching us against, I know we've won games against the likes of Luton, one nil, and the performances aren't great, and we're not seeing the style of play you want. I know you're talking about injuries, etc. Yeah, there's just going to be a different level of screening that's going to come from media, that's going to come from fans, that's going to come from me. It's just like mm. that's just the way it is. But the point, it's not the same. So the like, point I'm making is though is that it's the United standards are not based in the reality of our current squad and our current success. It is based in the history. I of wouldn't the last want. 15, I wouldn't want it years. to be within the bit like as. Is that not unfair? That, 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 that lends that with managers getting unfair. sacked. We've, our position, Listen, our, our league finishes have been very similar to Tottenham's in the last 10 years, very similar to Chelsea's in the last 10 and years. And that's a problem. Yeah, I think that's what, we, that's what United fans are sick but of. But at some point, do, you know though, I mean? do we have to say, actually, here's where we are. Here's the reality of what Manchester United is and has been for the last 10 years. To get back to the top is going to take a little bit of ups and downs. But, you know, overall, we end up going upwards. This whole thing of if you finish outside the top four, you're sacked. If you take a backward step, you're sacked. If you don't win a trophy, you're sacked. Like every other club gives their managers a, a little bit of a chance. Look at Arsenal, a perfect example. I, I think it took Arteta I don't know, three I don't years know. I think to, to actually step into the top yeah, four. Yeah, but I think I think there's only so far you can drop your mental standards though as a United fan of thinking, oh, it's all right, it's my top four. And then you come up with like all these these like obstacles and excuses etc we can't it's literally we've been we've not won a title in 10 years right yep. and we got to be careful of almost like sleepwalking into this little slumber where we get to a point where it might take us another 10 15 years to return and i think a lot of united fans still feel that way so it's one of them where oh you can say always oh, finish that top four because we've all these injuries and we're not spending on money on a striker and spending all this and that whatever but the bottom line is Football's a results game business. Mm. It's all about results and what you produce, especially at a club like United. And if the results aren't catching up to City or challenging Arsenal or whatever, yeah. and we're going like we can comparing ourselves to likes of Tottenham and Newcastle and Arsenal there, they did have that patience. They, for the first three years, said to Arteta, it's okay that you aren't catching yeah. City. And actually, you're getting worse. You finished fifth, then you finished eighth, then you finished eighth again, and haven't won any trophies since the first season. They said, we trust you. Obviously, I'm not saying, I'm not know, saying that we shouldn't trust. manager the keys to United. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that years. we shouldn't trust, but I, think but I don't... I this idea I... that we have to get better every single year or you're sacked. Progress isn't always linear, is it? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not, but my point is, I don't want. I, I still want to like when we're looking at United play and the way we're going and the direction. We still want to be almost knowing that we can be critical. Of course, don't, we don't want to like excuse everything no, not, to the point I, where I, like I wouldn't get into it. I can't agree with what you're saying, though, because I think, and I've said this in my time, I think Tanag 
the part of the problem is, and you mentioned there about United, we have an expectation and we have to do things. I think one of the things that Eric Tanag had to do was he had to have a good first season. He yeah. had to have that initial success. Now, I've criticised some of his signings. I have. Anthony, I think, is an absolute waste of money. But there's a there's sort of the, 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 the one where I'll give him sort of a little bit of credit or it's not all his fault is if he's saying to the board, you know, I want a De Jong or I want a Rabiot or I want a this and that and the other and they're going, we can't get that. We can give you Casemiro though. Yeah. But it's 70 million quid and he's got on a four-year deal. Is he going to say, nah, don't get me Casemiro. We might win me a trophy and mm -hmm. get me top four. Don't get me anyone. No, he'll take Casemiro. If he's saying I want Anthony, it's gone from 35 million to 75 million or whatever, and it's like the last week of the transfer window and they're going, we can get the deal over the line. He's going to take that. Mm. Now, he did the initial thing, and Fergie did it. Fergie in his first full season finished second, yeah? And then we had two seasons where we tailed off. Now, there might be a little bit of that with Eric Ten Hag, where he's had that initial instant thing, instant success, mm. which gives him a little bit of patience. But I personally want to see that patience being given because I think he is the right manager for the job. I think if we stick with this guy, like Arsenal did to a certain degree, and I hate comparing us to Arsenal, but it's probably the most fitting sort of relative club you can look at in terms of the manager recently, where they went with Arteta. We can see what he's doing long term behind the scenes. Yeah. It's working, give him time. I want to see United mm. give this guy time because I've, I know people say, well, was he under Jose after the first season where we won them two trophies and everything and we finished second in his second season? But there was all sorts going on with Jose, and you knew that. Oli, there was always that thing of, as he really cut out for it in terms of his CV and all the rest of it. I feel like Tanag, for me, is the right man, and I feel like if we gave him patience, it will come good. The big question now is, with Sir Jim Ratcliffe and his merry band of management team coming, <laughs> is he going to get it? Because I don't know. I'm not going to sit and pretend they'll definitely go, you're my well, guy. I hope so. Because you alluded to earlier, yeah. the big sort of issue that Eric Tanag has got, and there's no escaping this, even with a lot of United fans, you mentioned it earlier, you mentioned it, some of those defeats. Mm. Some of those defeats, you can't ignore all that. You can't ignore like the 7-0 and the 6-3. Some people look at it and go, when do things start going wrong, you will have an element yeah, of... People yeah, people accumulate that. And I hate that, but it's true, because I've been, in, I've been... And that's not just fans online, that's fans in the stadium. It's every, all United fans. I've spoke to fans online, I've spoke to fans at the stadium where they've gone, bro, though, you know what? Seven that, game at, that game at Anfield, yeah. that first half against City, you know what I mean? This guy, yeah. that even to a lesser degree, you know, that, that performance yeah, against Brighton right. or whatever. So you've got to be careful, but I do think it's the right guy. What's the, the comments game before we... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, mixed opinions in the comments, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um, a lot of people talking about giving him patience yeah. um, and people talking about how, um, you know, other, other teams have taken a few years to get going, especially ones mm. that have had, you know, multiple years away from challenging. I think Chelsea managed to sort of daisy chain managers and titles, didn't they, for that spell while you had Terry Yeah, and they Lampard. did the whole... They had that sort of core, didn't they? Yeah. But they always they did that. Check, Terry, yeah. Lampard. That, that spine. The, the multiple, and they can Yeah. But I think of, of the teams and the managers, or the teams, sorry, that have had a good spell away from challenging, to get back into challenging, it's taken multiple years every single time. Yeah. Like, you know, other than Jose coming to Chelsea, no one has come into a club in the Premier League era, really, certainly post-2000, and won the big trophies instantly. It hasn't happened. Mm. Everyone has taken multiple years of stagnation and, and then growth and then ups and downs, and then you get there. Um, and I think yeah, because you, you are right about success path. and progress not always being linear. I think um, because we saw such... We was on the right trajectory last season. It was definitely an improvement. We saw bits of a style of play. We finished third, won a trophy for the first time in a few years. Mm. Everything was on the up. So I think there was expectation that was kind of raised mm. in the summer. And then we went out, we did spend a little bit of money and then didn't, all, didn't necessarily get our first choice targets. 
But and then we've gone into the season with expectations of thinking United could be actually there or thereabouts if everything goes to um, pulls together. Yeah. Especially with Chelsea being underwhelming last season, Liverpool being underwhelming last season, and then we've had a very strange start to the season. We've got some positives, we've got some negatives, and obviously after the loss to Copenhagen, was that like we won lost nine of our first seventeen games in all competitions yeah. or whatever? But then you actually look at the league table, and then we what six seven points off top somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, seven. Yes. And it's like, I think we've almost got to be positive in a sense of thinking we're not too far away. And then we're actually winning. We've actually won games that we've not performed. So it gives us a little bit of positivity for when we actually find our form. Because I think there's only so long that United can play so disjointed and not control games and everything look kind of shoddy. And I thought the first 15, 20 minutes at Copenhagen was very, very promising. Because I I thought that looked like something that we could actually build upon in terms of we changed the setup a little bit to a 2-4 build-up. Uh, from what you've seen and it looked like it kind of suited the team a little bit better Yeah. so I think when things actually do kick into gear it can we can obviously it's a long football season there's a lot of games to go but I think we just want to see things uh, almost a little bit more excitement because at the end of the day football is entertainment and I think when we scrape when we win 1-0 against Luton and we missed a couple of chances yeah. I think we United fans want to be a little bit more entertained but even though mm. the week before Liverpool struggled against Luton and drew 1-0 so um, it's just on all this, there's a sort of you know timely reminder. It says Bobby Charlton's funeral today. Um, everyone been out paying their respects to him. We've seen the sort of the world of football come out to pay respects to. Mm, yeah. For you know, I think we can all agree one of the most iconic sports people of all time. I could be the greatest English sports person ever. Certainly for me, the greatest United player ever for a multitude of reasons. We was listening earlier, we was upstairs listening to Sir Alex Ferguson, he was speaking at the funeral just outside, he, he got stopped I think by Hayley McQueen, and he said that when he was at United and he had a little bit of a struggle, Bobby Charlton had his back, he said he was Bobby Charlton's one of the reasons he came to the club and then he always had that backing of someone in the club who yeah. understood football, was as respected as anyone has ever been in, in, the, in the game and would argue for giving him a bit of patience. and. We we was asking about that with with Tanag and like what's mm. going to happen with him. Has he got someone in there that's fighting his corner from the football side of things? Because we're in all these new people <coughs> coming in. This Paul yeah. Mitchell maybe or Dougie Friedman or whoever. And you just wonder is there that sort of figure who's going to be like, look, who understands football and understands yeah. or believes in Eric Tanag? Because if that's, he's got someone like that, he might it's actually create like United. Could, that could help. Just him, literally stuff like a proper directors of football yeah. people in them type of places at a club like United could be so powerful that could literally be the pendulum swinger yeah. for United to be like shooting back that way yeah. and it just shows you like something like that especially if it does if they do come in and they make a bigger difference as they can do it's going to be such a bigger indictment on like the Glazers tenure and like how incompetent they've been from basically start to finish and how they've almost set the framework of the club because we're talking about managers and Ten Hag struggles and, uh, at certain times but actually statistically he's been probably one of our better managers 30 wins he got to 30 years. wins the same amount of time as it took to yeah. Ferguson I know it's different time and era and all that but I think well, he got to 30 wins quicker than Arteta did and quicker than Klopp did yeah. 30 league wins I think it is but, which yeah. but it's like it's just not, but I think, I think any manager that comes into United though under the Glazers 10 years up against it from the get go so that, sometimes you do have to also think about that because think, sorry go on as we, we spoke about a few weeks ago, me and um, Joe and Alive talking about how like the setups at the other clubs that are doing well, mm. how they're so stable. For, uh, we talk about, because quite often we talk about cores of football teams, centre-half, midfield. We don't always talk about the cores 
behind that in terms of the manager to the director of football, to the CEO, to the, every, everyone almost being in unison in the way that they're thinking and it being mm. like a certain level of connectivity. And there's never been that United in the past 10, 15 years. We talked about obviously Edu and Arteta and then you've got the, um, let's see, Tiki Meng and, and Pep and then Sheik Mansour. And then you've got um, the guy that brought in from Brighton at Newcastle and, Andy, and Eddie Howe. And obviously it, there's like a bit of a, there's a system there. Obviously, yeah. you talked about how, how, how structurally good it is at Brighton as well. Whereas United don't have that, no. and United are such a big football club that just them people being in the right places could make United a powerhouse again mm. before you even know it. I'm not saying overnight, but won't be far off. Yeah, I think I think Ten are getting the backing of a new CEO and a new owner and a new director of football w- could would be massive. Um, and 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 I've mentioned it before, but I do think this the idea of like people just reduce coaches and players and staff members and people to stats and data and here's their playing style and here's their tactical style mm. and here's this what they don't take into account or a lot of people don't take into account, especially this this sort of tactics stats driven um, reduction of football is that people have personalities and confidence and things going on at home and how things are spoken about generally across a a business and how people are uh, talk to each other and how you know people work alongside each other are massive things like two players can have you know their own stats but then those two players together create a different way of attacking and it's the same above that like someone like John Murta again I don't know enough about him you know to say with confidence that he doesn't have these things but does he have the trust of the CEO? Does he have the trust of the manager, of the players, of the owners? Does he have the trust and, and do people believe in him and are people slightly fra- afraid of him around Europe and around other football clubs and they go, actually, he, he takes no shit, this guy gets the job done and he gets the, the manager he wants, he gets the players he wants. Does he have that reputation? And I don't know if he does. And no, I think, I when, think when, when, when the new owners and the, the, you know, potentially the new people come in, Someone like Paul Mitchell, someone like Jean-Claude Blanc, who you look at his CV, and even if you want to say, well, he's not, no, no, he was the CEO at, at Juventus. He was the head of marketing and, and commercial at, at PSG when they went and completely overhauled their entire operation and became one of the biggest brands in the world. He, he oversaw and ran the Paralympic Games, the, um, the, the, the Tour de France. He's someone with an astonishing CV. And that Dave, who, Dave Brailsford as Dave well. Dave Brailsford, another yeah. one. Um, uh, what's he got? Um, um, John Claude Blanc's got a, a masters at, from Harvard, and Paul Mitchell. You look at what he's done. Uh, MK Dons at Southampton, at Spurs, at Leipzig, at, at, at Monaco. <clears throat> These are people where you look at them and go, "Shit!" If they say it, it's probably true. And if they come out and say, "This is the manager. This is the guy," mm. that might change how the players think, how the press think, how other teams across Europe think. They might, you know, the, people's backing and people's confidence means a lot. And I don't think we've got people at the minute at Manchester United where you go, oh shit, John Murtaugh and Richard Arnold are backing this guy. He must be really good. I think we need people in there who not just can they do good things, but other people trust their opinion. I, heard, I, I think that's a I, massive I, that's thing. A point, I, I don't know anything about anything in terms of ITK. But I heard from someone I respect a lot who works at United and they said that when John Murtaugh came in, there was a little bit of lack of respect from certain people about him. People were looking at him and going, and that he didn't carry himself, perhaps, or didn't mm. make a good first impression on a few people there with certain things he said. And he doesn't have that background and that CV and that reputation. Yeah, so you've that's got to a build big thing. it. You've got to earn that. 
Yeah. So it makes it a bit difficult because it's almost like the Steve Round effect, isn't it? When we had Steve Round as a coach, yeah, yeah. and people don't like who are you. And right. then you know it, what I mean? But it, no, I'm not. It doing goes that. all the way through. And the so players have the same Steve thing. Steve Round, or yeah. on about the um, Kurt Angle. <laughs> people, <laughs> what's his name? Armour, um, Armour. Yeah, Chris Armour. Yeah, yeah. Airpod. He was the yeah. He was the new one. Yeah, like they called him. What did they call him? Ted Lasso. They called him. Going back to the Moyes era, it was Jimmy Lumsden and Steve Round replacing like some Rennie Merlinstein and Mike Phelan. Yeah, was just insane. You see it a lot in in other sports as well. Yeah, forgot about Chris Armour. Yeah, where not just is one player's quality. Again, it's not just the stats, these goals and assists, or the touchdowns, or the the points in NBA that they score. It's how the opposition approaches them based on their qualities yeah. that's a stat you can't really measure like i was watching i think it was the chiefs dolphins last week and travis kelsey was one of their best players barely touched the ball because the opposition are obsessed with stopping him getting it so that leaves space elsewhere and this happens throughout all businesses all the time if you people react differently to people based on what they do and that can leave space elsewhere that can leave gaps that can allow people to assert dominance and control in different areas but there's no stat or data for that and i think united need people People who at every level on the pitch off the pitch and above people go you don't want to mess with them and actually they get the job done and they're very good at it and I think that will help everything massively massive like you can't even I, overstate how big it is I remember like seeing an interview and I ate him but he said once Graham Sinas when he was at Liverpool and like when he came in as manager he said he always said about United he said if that lot down the road get their act together we're in serious trouble yeah and we did and he was mm. and I think there'll be an element of that in football now People looking at us going, if that if United get their act together yeah. and start doing what they should have been doing for the last fifteen years, whatever, or certainly since Fergie retired, I should say, then everyone else is gonna be in serious trouble because we've got the statue, we've got the money, really, we've got the ability. Once to, we get a bit of momentum, we've got, and play, fear. We've, got to, so we've got players that were like it's weird because a lot of the players that we could. do sign are good before us. Yeah. That's another of the concerns. It just talks about like the there has there's like a bit of an issue. At the club yeah. culturally, and that de- that also starts from the Glazers. Yeah. Um, okay, just read just a couple of read chats a super, super chats, then we'll get into one yeah. in a week. Nick Collins uh, says, "Hey guys, there was an article recently that Paul Mitchell was at Getafe, potentially watching Greenwood. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, we don't know if he was there and who he was watching, but even if he was there and he was only there to watch Mason Greenwood, he's still a Manchester United player. Like, regardless, that of could what be anything as well. That could be with the view to selling him. That could be viewed to anything. They think that he's playing over there, and then like the, all, the whole of Manchester United focus forget about him. Yeah, like, exactly. I think, and also, Paul Mitchell isn't an employee of Manchester United, so he could have no. been there for any number of reasons. One of which is Mason Greenwood for Manchester United. But even if it was, we need to see what he's doing. What you know, how things have. You know, like obviously, we need to keep track of these things. I won't read too much into it. Uh, and Sam Zed says ESPN are worse than talk sport in terms of anti-United crowd. ESPN is supposed to be respectable and serious, but not with United. I agree with that. Some of the stuff you see, especially on social media, about United is just beyond a joke. Um, Wally of the week, Ronaldo Brown. Oh. Give us your. Ooh, There's I been several yours, contenders. I've got a phone book's worth. To be honest yeah. with you, I am mentally sifting them into some order so I can find out who's going to be top at the minute because there's Wally been a lot. I always forget that I need to think of that before I come in here. You might have to go before me. Okay, brother. Um, go on, Joseph. Who's your Wally of the Week? Oh, it's got to be the Conservative Party, hasn't oh, it? Oh, lovely. Sorry lovely. to nick yours. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, the, more cabinet reshuffles than IKEA. It's absolutely astonishing how nice. how Nicely coming done. and going. That was going. prepped. I, I thought of it on the spot. I can I can assure you of that. We don't prep on this um, show. You know that better than anyone. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just like yeah, your shit. You come back, and then to absolutely dig up David Cameron in some 
Oh, it's like Cluedo or something, and it's, it's like Professor Green in the library with the candles. Yeah. yeah, it's like, like, oh, we'll have Dave Cameron back to the Tories. Ah, it's Foreign Secretary. Yeah, we thought. You know what I mean, like, yeah. thought he was gone. We're bringing him back. Like, just, just and, despicable. And it's great it? that he's not an MP, so he can't be challenged in Parliament for any decisions that he makes yeah. as Foreign Secretary. It makes it even better. Um, have you got anyone? Do you know if I do a football one? I'll do it from the interview. Like, you see the interview yesterday with um, Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer. That was oh, like pulling teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt sorry. Me and like, my, my missus said to me, we were watching it, and she went, fair play at the interviewer. He's trying. Because he was like, I thought he was like trying. He like they hated him. I know. And it was like, but then it, Sterling kept doing this thing where he's covering his mouth and he's doing that. And he was like, and he was just repeating a question, basically. And then Cole Palmer, who's a kid, he's only young and he's not done many interviews. I get it. And he he, he did say a couple of things. It's the whole, it's whole grass in the eye thing. Like, oh, let me pick it out for you. Yeah, that was cringy. We're not a, you're not on a date. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Touch the face I think, of a I think he, you I, Yeah, I feel like he, there was a bit of trying to put your hand in the face of a gold man to put a grass out of his eye. Without him That was, yeah, that was a bit bad. Um, on, do you know my wall of the week? It's a collective, and there could have been lots of them. Oh, I've got another one. Go on, then. No, you're getting no. it, man. Um, it's the train station brigade. I don't know if you've seen this what? clip. Have you? You might have seen this. Um, a bunch of racists running around a, sta a train station in London, oh, giving yeah. grief to everyone. They've all been like exposed on social media. Um, one of them was in an Arsenal top, and Arsenal fans were going mad, saying, "We don't want him at our club. You can, you know, go and follow someone else." And nice. it was one of those things where they like they were saying you can go and follow Chelsea, and the Chelsea fans were saying we don't want him. And then we don't want him. He's not racist. He's enough. not racist. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a train letting black people on it. What's he doing? Um, so yeah, just all them lot. If you've seen the clip, they're just an absolute bunch of knobheads running around a train station, giving grief to people, saying things like, you know, I was born in this country, like yeah. utter nonsense. And they've all been exposed for the loons they are, or idiots they are, I should say. Can I have one more? Of course you can. You I, know, as as well. I don't know if this has ever been done before. But the, my wally of the week, and it might be my wally of the last 18 months, is shops and companies now where they do this thing where the membership price is this and the normal price is this. Like club cards. Club I card. Yeah. But go outdoors are astonishing with it. Go it, outdoors. It's like they, they do like walking gear and like right, trainers okay. and that. And like there's loads of shops that do it. Tesco do it. Loads yeah. of them do it. Where it's like... The, the club card price or the, the card price yeah. is actually what used to be the normal price. Yeah. And then what they do is to make it so you have to sign up, yeah. they put their non-members price mm. as like twice as much. Mm. When actually what they're doing is you sign up for a membership, then they're selling your data, making extra money off your email address, your home address, all this stuff that you have to give them, yeah. making extra money off of that, you lose more security and privacy, and then you don't even get a discount, you just get the price that it was two months ago before they brought in the membership scheme. It's a scam, it's disgraceful, and it needs to be stopped. You can't be putting the market price of items behind a paywall Disgusting. Edward Snowdenism. I hate I know, it. This I sounds right. Like we all street it. What to do with our data? This sounds like the sort of thing he gets his teeth in. You're a Snowdenist. But every so yeah. often, though, yeah, it's not <laughs> even like a Snowdenist thing. Even if you don't care about all oh, my, you know, my civil liberties and all that, I'm not big into all that. But even though that thing, every so often, you just get an email saying there's been a data breach at Go Outdoors and some hacker has got everything about you. Like I don't know. I just think. It's, it's, it, it shouldn't be the case that you have to sign up for something to get the normal price. No, it's I, a scam I, I, get I hate that. it. I think the club card things are like, I have got a club card now, but it's like, without that, it's brutal in Tesco. Seriously, yeah. you don't even want to know. Anyway, enough about club cards and go outdoors and racist in train Touch stations. Grass. And touching grass in the eyes when you're doing an interview. Yeah. Uh, Ronaldo, always a pleasure. Where can people find you, my friend? Uh, family X at Ronaldo Brown underscore 98. Um, you know where to find Joe. You've got a big interview coming up tomorrow, haven't you, Arkin? Yeah, I've been chatting with um, Kieran Maguire 
given the football finance expert, given us the absolute lowdown on uh, the Jim Ratcliffe takeover, what it means for United, some of the detail on shares that I never knew, which is fantastic. Not it's an education. It's it, an absolute it? education. So make sure you check that out tomorrow. Sort of <laughs> basically full details on, on what's going on with Jim Ratcliffe and Manchester United. Looking forward to that one. You know what? Find me, Jay Marty, on all your socials. That's been Ronaldo Brown. That's been Joel Smith. I'm Jay. This has been, excuse me, the Paddock Podcast. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.